Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Global Premier Football Show. This is our second episode for the 2023, 2022-2023 uh, football season. It uh, promises to be exciting. The first uh, weekend of the Premier League season has come and gone. We're really looking forward to the next one. But before we get to the next one, we're going to look at what's happened and what we're looking forward to. Okay, so tonight we're going to review the past weekend. And uh, with me here on this show tonight is my dear friend and brother, Victor Cole, all the way from Guadalajara, Mexico. And um, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, brother. Good Thank to be you with very you. much for joining us. Thank you for and, having me. Um, you're welcome. Now, before we go ahead, just want to let you know, all our viewers out there, uh, that we want to ask you for a favor. Just before we go into details of what we have tonight in this show, why don't you just click the like button? Why don't you just hit the subscribe button? Once you do this, make sure you hit the subscribe button where you have that, you know, bell. And uh, whenever we push out new shows and uh, content, you'll be the first to know. All right. We appreciate you. And uh, yeah, Vic, let's get into this. First weekend gone, week one of 38 weekends of the Premier League. What was the highlight of the sea of the of the week of this week of this past weekend's uh, game for you? I am upset because my 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 fantasy football league. <laughs> I had I had and Harry Kane, yeah, as my striker. Oh my god! I, I was skeptical about Haaland if he was going to be able to you know get up and oh, running the yeah. first game of the season. I think I made a mistake. Uh, before the game ended yesterday, I had to substitute. I had to transfer Hurricane out. <laughs> oh my word! For Haaland because they, they are the same value, so yeah. that's painful. Because between the two of them, I only got about two po uh, four points, which is oh. not, yeah. I mean, but Mo Salah came good for me because he was my captain. So oh yeah, I, I know I'm not alone. I, I'm not alone. There are so many people that that you know went for Kane. But again, maybe it's the same Ari Kane in August doesn't really, you know, click well at the beginning of the season. He, he always mm -hmm. takes time to get up and running. Yeah. That wasn't good for me. So first weekend of the league um, wasn't wasn't good for my fantasy team, but <laughs> Chelsea won. We won. I'm going to tell you something about the fantasy. I think this weekend was a good one for me. I, you know, I went for Nunez and Jesus. And then Salah was also my, my skipper, you know. And uh, gladly enough, I raked in 64 points this weekend. I got 58 points. I, I, yeah. I, I, was, I was targeting 90 plus, you know, because in my head, yeah. usually my, my defenders are full of right backs. Uh, so I go for, <laughs> you know, Hannard, Alessandro Hannard and James, because I was yeah. hoping if you, if you don't get an assist, they probably get a goal, you know, all of those things. Yeah. So usually my back line is full of right wing backs, but ah, oh my word. Didn't work Honestly, out. Well. I, think I, I think I'm going to copy that which you're doing with regards to the defenders because, oh my goodness, Van Dyke was a disappointment for me this weekend. You know, what a I, mistake by him. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, I mean, it's just that penalty he got that dropped all the points that he could have, you know, you know, made for, for, for me. 
but I had Kyle Walker and I had Koulibaly. Unfortunately for the other guy, Nick Williams, from you know, you wonder what what yeah, am from I Nottingham Forest, he's in my team too. No, it's it's not. I think it's natural if you're looking at football, you know, from football point of view, right? You, yeah. you probably think Nick is on my team. I I I I had in my team and I had this boy from everything. Their number three was it Patterson? Uh-huh. Yes. I included him because you know you have to balance the budget. You only have a hundred million to play with. But yeah, we'll see. Maybe as season progresses, you know, this idea we have about how they will play or they should play, maybe it's going to come uh-huh. to fruition. We'll see. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. It's just that I need to go back and uh, take off some players. Uh, I mean, Son, and uh, I think I may have to remove Mendy. Edward Mendy is my goalkeeper. So I think I'm going to remove him because I don't see... It's going to clean shit. Clean shit. Yeah, I mean, for next, we're playing Tottenham next weekend. I oh, don't got- see Chelsea getting a clean sheet against Tottenham. Even you have, if we win. You have to trust Mendy. You have to trust uh, Mendy. I know. It's not all about Mendy. It's also about uh, the team generally, right? Which uh, we're going to uh, look into in a, in a matter of uh, minutes here. But yeah, let, let's crack into it. The, the first week was a very, very good weekend of football. Arsenal started on a bright note. Yes. Oh my goodness! Watching Jesus was like he was—he was terrifying. He was destroying Crystal Palace, you know, in the first half. He was dribbling them and body shading them and just hitting them here and there, and I was as if like, "Wow, what's going on here?" So, looking at the weekend's results, right? Yeah. Um, let, let's see here. We have Arsenal playing Palace. And they played uh, away, right? Arsenal was away to, to Palace. And uh, it was a 2-0 in favor of Arsenal. And then on the Saturday, Liverpool was a massive surprise to me. They tied 2-2 with Fulham. I thought they were going to wipe Fulham away, but I think uh, maybe Fulham would be on a different role this season. I don't know. I think Fulham is a surprise here. <laughs> it is. It, they were a surprise to me. Uh, you know, Bournemouth, I wasn't expecting them to beat Villa, but they did beat Villa convincingly 2-0. Clinched it, which is very important in this league. Leeds United, Wolves 2-1, Newcastle, Nottingham Forest. Two for Newcastle. Newcastle were on a court. I mean, they were cruising the game. Spurs destroyed Southampton in the first half. Chelsea nicked in a 1-0 against Everton. First win at Goodison Park. Was it in four, four years now? And then Leicester, Brentford, 2-2 was a very wonderful game. Leicester yeah. thought they had it all. Brentford came back, got two, two goals, one point. United, they had the surprise of the weekend for me. And I uh, was not expecting this to happen to them, but we'll still talk about them. And uh, West Ham, Man City. You thought uh, you wanted West Ham to pull the plug first, uh, get the first goal and see how City would react. But I think City were fantastic. So let's dive into this, you know, one by one. Let's start from the first game of the season, if you watched it. Uh, tell, me, yeah, tell me what you... Friday, um, Arsenal. Overall, 
in my opinion, I think um, Arsenal started the game well. Um, they, they, they pressed really high. Um, it, it was very difficult for, for Crystal Palace to kind of settle down into the game. Yeah. And, and before they knew it, you know, that's, that's football for you. I mean, what, when you apply pressure, you have to, you have to get it goes. What, what, I'm, what I'm disappointed about is uh, how Palace final third pans out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it seems like they haven't, they haven't played together for a while. You know, I mean, the, there's a moment you just feel like they, they could have done better. And could yeah. maybe a, a proper goal scoring chance, but they did mm-hmm. not, which which is for me disappointing. Now, I must say something though about Hasna. In the second half, their performance level dropped. Right? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. A little bit. But I think that that seems to be the same Arsenal during the course of last season, right? As the season progresses, even though they do not have European football. It is very... <laughs> yeah, it was kind of too much for them to handle, you know, the pressure, you know, mm-hmm. week in, week out, trying yeah. to get three points. Um, and I still kind of have reservation because in, in the last episode I mentioned, I do not see them getting to top four. Mm-hmm. And even though they won 2-0, Saliba was amazing. And yeah. it, it makes you wonder... one years old. Yeah, it makes you wonder why Arsenal left him out alone for a long time and invest in Ben White. But again, maybe he needed the time to be the, the kind of player he is right now. But I think he's yeah. a vital, or he will be very vital for them this season. So he saved them a lot. That yeah, game. I am. I, I am amazed. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm amazed. So g- good luck to Arsenal. <laughs> but I do now. I, I still think they might come short come the end of the season. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. This season they are playing in Europe, right? Yeah, they're in the Europa League this season. Yeah. Okay, let's see how they manage that because last season they were not in Europe and uh, they could even they're still they still bottle it. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, I, I think as you mentioned, Palace had chances, but Ramsey was on top of this game. He made brilliant saves, one on one flying header from Austin uh, uh, um, Edward and. Uh, I, I think he was. I think he saved Arsenal with him and Saliba. If not for two of them, I think Arsenal may have lost that game. It's not even to tie because there were one-on-one situations. There was this true pass from uh, Zaha, you know, to Eze, who who wasn't able to finish. I mean, so these are situations that, as you mentioned, if you don't take chances, if you don't take those chances, you create. If you don't get anything out of them, they always come back to haunt. And for me, yeah. like we do say in Spanish, quien perdona pierde, which means the more chances you, you, you lose, you know, you take advantage of your chances. When you don't take advantage of those chances, definitely it's like a firepower to the opposition and they come back to haunt you. Yeah, yeah. And again, I, I need to mention this. When Ateta went in for Ramsdale at 30 million, um, I was watching all or nothing. I remember I told you I watched it last time. Yeah. And I mean, it's it, it's amazing how we do now see the even side of these football players, right? Yeah. We question them because of how much money they make. But believe me, he was under intense pressure week in, week out, because there's Leno on the bench. 
And yeah. you, you have this boy who has re two relegations, two relegations. to be your number one goalkeeper. So you can imagine how he felt during the entire season, the pressure. You know, every, you know everyone makes joke about that move that, oh, he was relegated with, uh, with Sheffield United, was with Bournemouth first, right? Yeah. And then went to Sheffield and Sheffield got relegated. Went like, down. Oh, you're going to Arsenal? Okay, Arsenal's going to be relegated. <laughs> But it's it's and now he's played himself into the England uh, to the to the English national team. You know, he I'm sure he will be the he he will be the second choice definitely. Um, yeah. I mean Pickford is is uh, definitely the number one. No matter for what, Saga would yeah. ever change his mind. <laughs> oh yeah, and definitely he will not. But anyway, let, let's move on to the other games here. Let, we, we may not try. We may not talk about all of these games. But we have to talk about the most exciting. So the first one was the first game of the season. Yeah. You know, Palace and Arsenal, and uh, Martinelli uh, got the goal. Um, unfortunately, Gay had to score an own goal. You know, for for for, for Arsenal. <laughs> it all comes from. It all comes again in taking those chances. That very fantastic cross from from. From Saka on the on the right, you know, he put his yeah. head down. And, and his head. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, now, now let's talk about Liverpool. Liverpool was a bit surprised for us uh, on on Saturday. That was the first game, at, you know, lunchtime English um, time uh, kickoff. So, what what do you think happened there? Because Fulham was cruising. They they were they were they were putting out their very best performance in that game. Mitrovic was was fantastic but at, at the end i wasn't expecting liverpool to lose of course because i know what they've got yeah but yeah, yeah. it still tells us how you know that's why we like the premier league you know? that's why we love the premier league now i would say this i do not think as a team they perform badly i think it's just individual errors that's mm -hmm. number one and number two some players were not just up to it, right? Uh, so um, Thiago was injured, if I if I remember. Yeah, he, he was injured. Uh, mm -hmm. Firmino, I didn't know what happened. He, he didn't really get going. And D, uh, what's this guy's name? The new player, Diaz. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't, I, I'm not sure what happened. Maybe because it was a fourth game of the season. Again, Maybe. we have to see from the point of view, this is the first you know, full, you know, full competitive match they will play. So yeah. it's it's now was difficult. I know Liverpool had a massive, you know, you know, game against City, but sometimes it, it might take a game or two to get going. But apart from those individuals now stepping up the way they should, I think Trent allowed Mitrovic to bully him for that first goal. Yeah. Now for me, for me, that's an individual that caused a team to go. You have to stand your ground. I mean, you are maybe arguably the best right back in the in the league because a lot of pundits support him instead of James. I um, mean, mm -hmm. we all have our home views, but he's one of the best, if not the best. Now, for Mitrovic to to just come, I know Mitrovic is an experienced player. He's been around yeah. for a long time, but for him to do that, I mean, it's it's just massive. It is massive the way he bullied him to score the goal. And for yeah. that for that mistake by Van Dyke, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I I I believe because he, he wasn't going anywhere. The ball was going to fall into the path of Alexander Arnold. And for you to just 
to just tackle him that way in the box for Victor Van Dyke? I think it was an instinct move from him, you know, uh, after he first, the first leg he put out, because it was the second one that caused the penalty, not the first one. So if he had put out the first one and stayed without go, you know, going again the second time, I don't think that it would have been a penalty for Fulham. But as you were saying, we all do, you know, know that we all know that Trent is a very is a he's a world class player, you know, for, for his position. But defensively, he struggles. Yeah, there's no two ways about it, you know. But the, because the game is all about, you know, the modern day game is all about how much you can add to the attacking force of your team. Yeah, we remember back in those days, you know, defending was just pure defending. If you are Kafu, if you are, you know, um, you know all those. Traditional, defenders. traditional right back. <laughs> you know, they, they, you know, they, they, they're just like their job is just defend. Their physicality, you know, the way they look physically, they are strong, they are tall, they, they are like, they are massive. They can, they, you can, they are hardly bullied. But today, you know, if I go back a little bit, you know, I start looking at Bosingwa and then Ivanovic, you know. Daniel Alves, you know, these were people who were like adding that attacking flair, besides Roberto Carlos, too, who is old timer, but also a modern day footballer as a left back. He was exceptional in his time as a left back that attacked. But yeah. the rest in his time were all, all stationary left backs. There, there was no two or right backs, right? But I think that's what, when you play Trent, you can, ex you can explore Trent. Uh, Robertson is a better defender than yeah, Trent, Trent. Yeah. but Trent is a more offensive fullback than, than any other person in the Premier League because his assist tells you that the numbers tell you that this guy, he's just an extra attacker, an extra midfielder for Liverpool. But anyway, we'll see. I, just, I was just reading a headline this evening and uh, it said, uh, you know, uh, what ex-Liverpool player, Jose Rodriguez, I can, yeah, you may remember him, a left back, he played for them, he said, he was mocking, uh, you know, Fulham, he said, oh, we will laugh at you when you get relegated. So I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't read the details, but that was a funny headline to, to, to read, seeing, you know, um, how they got this city. But we'll see how Fulham will go. I think they play uh, well. I think, I think they play well. Again, individual errors, but I love when the team has a passion to go for it, right? They were, I, yeah. they were going for three points. And I love the fact that they, they weren't scared back. They were home. They want mm -hmm. to make an impression. We're back in the league. Yeah. And yeah. I think they, they'll probably, I mean, I still think they might be relegated again, mm -hmm. because usually by statistics, all of the teams that comes out doesn't stay up. But yeah, we'll see. They we'll might see. be the standout team this time around, but we'll see. Time will, time will tell. One thing, again, I want to mention from the Liverpool team is, the, is that Nunez guy. That, that guy, honestly, that's one of the reasons. One of the reasons I have in my fantasy team is because of his, his desire. There's this passion he's got to impress. You know, he tried to flick the first time. Yeah. He forsaked it. Yeah, and he did it again. He did it again. That's that's confidence. That's confidence. That's confidence. You know, a, a coach might be saying, might be screaming at him. Why? Honestly, for me as a coach, just I just might look for a place to blast it. Yeah, yeah I was just like, 
put in the board uh, don't flick anything for me that's personally what i would say but yeah. i think maybe he's been doing it a lot in the training and the 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 you know jordan club would like it looks very okay. easy for him it, it does yeah, yeah. He, he got it again and uh, i'm impressed i'm impressed two games uh, so far two competitive games and it stepped up goes it's yeah. yeah so anyway the next game i want us to talk about would be the newcastle nottingham forest now, while I want to talk about Nottingham Forest these days, I was, I was really surprised at their lineup, okay? So they spent a lot of money. They are, they are top signing, they are all-time record signing. Awuni was not even on the starting, not in the starting lineup. And I was wondering, why would you spend that amount of money with a player like that? And it's not as if he was not part of your preseason. You already did, you know, concluded, made sure that he, you know, the transfer was done early. Why is it that he did not start the game? Because for me, that is a, that sets the tone for whatever it is that they could not be able to achieve. And it's not as if the guy lacks goals. So I did not like that he did not start the game, regardless of whatever, you know. And it, it, it really affected them too. It does, and I, I think maybe what he was trying to do is to, because uh, he, he had two strikers up front, and those guys played a massive part in their promotion, and I think maybe it was, this is our first game back, uh, we give them the honor to, to, to lead the attack, we put Linga behind them, mm -hmm. uh, and, and also, I think it's this idea about, about managers, they tend to leave new signings on the bench for weird reasons. Oh, I remember yeah. when, <laughs> when Grimoresh made the move to Newcastle. Yeah. In the first game, I think he didn't play. And the second game, he came in as a sub, the third game as a stop. It took him about four games. It took about four games for Hedy Howe to actually start him again, which is strange, but again, managers have their reasons. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it backfired. And I think maybe Damia backfired. It, and, it really backfired because they had nothing to offer against Newcastle. On nothing, yeah, zero. Yeah. And nothing. then more so, they signed almost an entire new team. Yeah. So I will, I will, I will see them this way, like Fulham last season, you know, where they got almost the entire team. Yeah. It, might, it might take them a couple of games to gel. Maybe not. Maybe not forever the entire mm -hmm. season. But I really think their manager is... Um, as a very experienced coach. Again, yeah. it's it's not just about a team, is is sometimes the people in charge makes a lot of difference. And I think it will I mean I, I still believe they will stay up. It, it's still my it's still my belief. The first mm -hmm. game was terrible. Um, but I think they'll figure it out. They will. Yeah, well. On the other side, you have a Newcastle team that was bought in the game. But it, honestly, I think St. James's Park is the best ground to play football in England. The, the fans are very wonderful. They, they never shut their mouth. They kept pushing the team. You know, I mean, you can say also the same with Anfield. Because, I mean, when we talk about noise-making stadiums, yeah, right? But I think... Um, Newcastle played. I, I enjoyed watching their game against against uh, uh, against uh, Nottingham Forest. It was interesting. You know, their yeah. their their forwards, 
They played with a point man, a number nine in Callum Wilson. They have two creative, uh, you know, Alan San Maximin and Miguel Almiron. They and his run, goal, they create. They, his yeah. goal was a, like a typical striker's goal, right? A typical striker's goal. You just goal. flick it. Number nine. You put it wherever it goes. <laughs> you just, they just stick around in the box. That's what makes it. That's what makes it as if it's easy, but they know their position. They just stay in there and they, you know. Anyway, I, I, I will come back to, to that number nine thing, you know. The, the number <laughs> nine, we are, we are up to it this weekend, honestly. Starting from, from Jesus and then um, Nunez, then uh, this guy, um, you know, Callum Wilson. So, well, we, we, let's, let's look at the next, the next group. We, like as I said, we're not going to talk about all the games. We're going to talk about the ones that I think we are, you know, that we are more excited. And all of them were exciting for their fans, but for me, I think they are ones that we could, we cannot but uh, talk about. Why we talked about Nottingham Forest is because they are newly promoted, like Fulham, and it sets the tone for them for this season, how yeah. their season is going to play out, right? Okay, so the next game that we will talk about, Spurs. Spurs made a statement. They are top of the league. Last season, they are top of the league. <laughs> I, what do you think? I hate sports. I don't know. Um, I was as worried. Chelsea, as a Chelsea fan, you do you do hate sports. I, I was I worried that. last season. Remember, I was telling you I do not want them to get top four because yes. I know if they get top four, that's a statement for Conte to to go after Dan Levy and, and get whatever yeah. he wants. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm I am I am still trying to figure it out. Uh, I, I think they, they'll be hard there this season. Because previously they do not have the required squad depth, and yeah. over the last two windows, I think they have signed five players this 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 transfer. The yeah. last transfer window, I think maybe they do three three players or four. Mm-hmm. So you you can imagine you see their bench. Richarlison didn't even play because it was suspended. So yeah. you you can see that they've got Longley on the bench. They've got Bissouma on the bench. They've got Charleston. They've got five substitutions. Perisic was also on the bench. Yeah, yes, so, with so five substitutions. Yeah, so you, you can imagine what a squad depth we help them achieve this season. Again, if they do not get top four, it will be a disappointing season. And I do yeah. not think Conte is only pushing for top four. No, he's going to win something. He, I think he, he is pushing to win something. So what, either the League Cup, FA Cup, but he is building this team. Because if he delivers a trophy, it's going to be the first time in maybe 16, 17 years. That yeah. is a statement. So when you demand something for leaving, you get it because you are in charge and you're you know, getting results. So for me, overall, I think it was a good game. I expected them to win the game, of course. Absolutely. And I, I was worried about Southampton. I told you, uh, they, they, they've got this, this uh, new approach by getting younger kids. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it might take them a while. I have a feeling that it might be relegated because I mm-hmm. mentioned in the last episode. Yeah. Because not because I do not believe in the prospect that they have, those young kids. I just do not know how the manager will play this season. Sometimes he messes things up too much. Uh, he's a very smart man, but sometimes I think he just overdo it sometimes like Pep, you mm-hmm. know? But, but if, you're, if you're bad is more than good, then you have a problem, right? Pep Absolutely. made one, one or two mistakes that were there, but largely he always get it right. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my worry for them. We'll see how how they go forward now. The second game, the third game, we'll see. But overall, I think it was a great win for Spurs. It was. Yeah. Yeah. For for Spurs, it's a great win for Southampton. It's a game to forget, honestly. Yeah. Quickly. But it's a game to forget. And move on. And move on to the next one because the games come thick and fast, and before you know it, the Carabao Cup steps in, and you know. And matches pile World up. Cup, exactly. And World Cup is around the corner and yeah. all this stuff, right? And I'm sure players who are in that team, you know, maybe hoping to represent their country in the next World Cup will be playing to avoid injuries that can as well take them to the World Cup. It's, it's a lot of mixture for them there. But all the best to Southampton. Congratulations to Spurs. I hope they enjoy being at the top for this week. And uh, let's see how next week will go for them. Now we'll move on to the next one. Uh, before we come to Chelsea's game against Everton, let's talk about Manchester United. Manchester United had a season opener to forget about. What do you make of that? <laughs> I know people will want to people will want to talk about Ten Hag. No way. I um, never talk about him. No way. Um, He's um, inherited a bunch of, uh, I think one of the major problems affecting Manchester United is you don't see them having this, how do you say it, uh, this steel, this zeal to, to push more. Now, you've got what, what, what exactly do the management in charge as Manchester United think will happen? When you have an attacking lineup of Ericsson playing as a striker, but I, oh I, my I, word. I think I think, but the real <laughs> I understand why it did that, right? Because he felt maybe he could you know dr- drop in every now and then and create space. Yes. So the challenge is this: you have Marshia going to the season, you have a very low confidence Rashford, you have Sancho who have not really clicked in since he joined the team. Ronaldo, I understand the reason why I sat on the bench. It's it's normal. He only have forty five minutes per season, uh, mm-hmm. because of his you know vacation vacation. So again, it makes sense. But again, this is a problem with the people in charge. It's not about how much you spend on a player. It's about getting the right players. So if you get this guy and this guy and this guy for, I mean, I don't think club mind if they spend fifty million on the player. Just make it work. So the people yeah. in charge of Manchester United, they have wasted a lot of money on players that do not fit the philosophy of the team, right? Yeah. And then the mistake they made last season by firing Ole, bringing in Ragnick for, which I think destroyed the entire dressing room. Yeah. Before the season end, they have been talking about Ronaldo, maybe he should leave. It's destroying the moral of the team. Without Ronaldo, they cannot go anywhere. Do you expect Martial to score 20 goals this season or Rashford? It's not going to happen. Don't mm-hmm. kid yourself. And so the moment the, the transfer window closed, they should have been on the market, right? They should have been in the market. If you want to get Lewandowski, I know some of those deals are difficult. If you want to get Alan, Nunez will have joined them if they have put a bid first before Liverpool. So all of those things, they should have got them right before even thinking about going. I mean, you understand Chelsea, may have issues because of the sanction, the delay going to the transfer market. Yeah. We, we didn't even have a board yet, right? Yeah. So Boli had to quit, you know, the directors, you know, whatever it is, and fire Marina and, you know, 
whoever's in charge, the CEO is gone, directors are gone, you know, Bruce Buck was gone. So it took time to restructure. While we were doing that, what was Manchester United doing? And they were, la they were laughing at us. Yeah, so we, we mentioned <laughs> last episode, Grand Potter, he plays football. For you, yes, to, for you to beat Brighton, Brighton can beat any team. It's they what be, they've they done. No matter if it's Man City or Liverpool, they can beat you. So you have to, you have to be game ready if you want to play them. Because he's, this man knows what it takes to win a football match. And I told yeah. you the last time, it doesn't matter if he's a young player or yeah. OG, he's going to play. So they should have been much more PPA, much more ready. I mean, they know Southampton. They lost to yeah, them multiple the times. That... The thing is that when I saw their lineup with Ericsson as a center forward, you know, as a false nine, you know, yes, I know it's that Dutch style or whatever, but that's not a convincing move to make. Ericsson could have played in the number 10 position. We saw what he did when he was at Tottenham Hotspur. He, he was the perfect replacement for Modric when Modric left. So, and he, he can score from his with his right and his left, he can pin those passes, you know, but him having to play forward, then drop back and get, no, that is also asking too much for a player we like We saw him, him at say. Brentford. Yeah, we saw him at Brentford. I mean, again, what do you think McTominay and Fred would do in the Premier League midfield? If they're playing for a different team, I understand, right? Mm -hmm. But this is Manchester United, the greatest club. In English football, right? Yeah. If, 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 if you want to get, I mean, if you want to fix Manchester United, you need to go big now. So you have a manager that you believed in, mm -hmm. and this man has not been able to get in the done. He got two deals done, right? It was Malaysia, who was actually going to, I'm, I'm not sure if it was Marcel or Leon, before United hijacked the deal to get him as a left back backup, you know? They got yeah. that, and they got uh, um, this uh, this Lissandro. new defender, Lissandro True, because the manager knows him. Now, mm -hmm. you have to ask two questions: for a manager to bypass whatever work that may have been done by the scouting department of Manchester yeah. United to go for the player he knows in his own Dutch league, I don't think there are so many successful players from Dutch league, you know, coming to Premier League. But then again. This manager had to go back to his you know, whole team, old league, to get players. What does that say yeah. about a scouting team in a club as huge as Manchester United? He basically repubbed their report because it's nonsense. Don't give me another Pogba. I don't need that, right? That's what he did. So it's the entire work they've been doing for the entire season scouting job. For him, it was rubbish. So he's going for the player that he knows will fit into his plan. The mm -hmm. young is still hanging there, and hopefully yeah. can get out of the line. But what a disappointing game for them. The next game is against Liverpool, right? If I'm not mistaken. Why? Why is he not playing? I mean, this guy was on loan, uh, Donny Van Der Beek. Yes. He was. He was on loan at Everton last season. He, mm -hmm. He's back into the team, right? Yes. And these are this is a player that he worked with when he was at Ajax. Yes. So why, 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 why couldn't he play him and also play, you know, play 
Eriksen in the central midfield. These two guys can, I mean, Fred and McTominay, as you mentioned, they have been there for a while now and they haven't delivered anything for the Manchester United midfield. So why don't he, I mean, he should, for me, I would say he should twist that midfield, you know, either play only Fred or only play just one of them. I, I don't think Fred should be starting. Oh, to, I mean, I, I again, mean, I don't think Fred should... just move on. Yeah, I mean, if, if you lose, you lost Matic and Pogba, you need to do more for that midfield. No matter how much we underrate those players, mm-hmm. I believe they have qualities that no one in that midfield of United right now has. You know, yeah. you can you can talk about Eriksen being able to distribute the ball properly, right? But it doesn't it doesn't have the strength to carry an entire midfield. Right? Then then you play you play him alongside Fred because you need a hard working number six to be able to do that. If he's what did Fred do on the field? I'm I'm much I'm, I'm many times did he recover the, the ball? That does it even oh goodness me even the goal that Brighton scored for them. The movement from Welbeck as a forward pulling out, that movement attracted um, attracted uh, Maguire to follow him. And then Fred, for me, should run into that middle where that ball would have been crossed into. He didn't make that run. And that's my, pro- my problem watching my United this past weekend was the defensive organization was absolutely horrendous. It was shambolic. The, the, the defense line, I look at Liverpool, I look at Manchester City, I look at Chelsea, and I look at Tottenham Hotspur. Even Arsenal lately, when they are about to, when they are defending from, from the wings, you will just see a back, straight back five. My United, we're all scattered all over the place. I was like, what is going on in this team? And that was why this guy, Brighton, was able to nick in those goals. The the first goal was a cross. The second one was a cross-field ball as well. A shot from, from, I can't remember the player's name. Uh, De Gea saved it. Rebound followed right away. Why? Because their defensive organization was very, very poor. Anyway... We can talk about Man United for the next five years because since Sir Alex left, it has been it has been terrible. Yeah, anyway. but I trust the manager to just to wrap it up. I I, I, I trust the manager to to rebuild the team. I think he's a man is the kind of manager they need. And it might take him a season. I mean, it might take him two seasons. Again, we've got to have a lot of players moving on from United. And we have to create an atmosphere. I mean, they have to create an atmosphere like a tether. Result may be bad, but for the long run, you've got to trust the manager and be able to back him, right? Yeah. So they've been trying to get a lot of players in. No one has come through the door in the midfield or attacking area. It is bad. It yeah. is bad for them. And now, to cap it all, they are chasing Marco Anatovic. Gary never said. I don't make comments about. I don't make comments about. (laughs) For Manchester United, again, that's why I'm questioning their scouting, you know, team. It doesn't make sense. So for Manchester United, they have put this manager in the very. If you get a manager in, like Bolly's trying to do now, Mm -hmm. back him, back him, pay for it, whatever he needs, make it happen. Go for it. Just have to get rid of the players. Players need to leave Man United. Honestly speaking, for them I wish to make them progress, well. 
Some of them have to leave. Anyway, West Ham, Manchester City. West Ham played at home. Man City came, took all the points. Haaland scored two goals. Uh, On to the next one. Can we talk about that pass from De Bruyne? I am coming for that pass. That is... <laughs> that is the best pass of this weekend's Premier League uh, game. That's what we're lacking, brother. You know, oh, my uh, word. I, I want to share a graphic with you. Maybe I'll do that later. When we get the ball, instead of us to... We, we, we do have people who run. And Let's, don't worry, don't worry. Let's talk about Manchester City. We'll come back to Chelsea. It, because it's, that's it's, why, that's why it's a beautiful that. pass. If you want, remember I was saying in bonus league, Haaland is a guy who run at play. It's yeah. not, it, it doesn't do build up play, right? No. They get, they get a ball, Sancho is running, Bellingham is behind him. Sancho releases the ball. Bellingham finds a pass. Allen is one-on-one -on -one with on the goalkeeper. His, on his toes. There you go. And it was the exact same thing De Bruyne brought out on Sunday. It, you know, that was what they've been lacking. And now they've got a proper number nine. Yes. They've got a proper number. I was listening to one guy on Sky Sport. He was saying, oh, I don't, it's not fair. It's not respectful to say that Haaland is going to come in and win the golden boot for the season. And you don't respect Salah, you don't respect uh, Son, you don't respect uh, Harry Kane. I say, no, they've got a new competitor. They've got competition. Haaland is going to score goals because Man City creates tons of chances. And maybe this is the season where they will go all the way to the Champions League. But before that, they are going to challenge again for every single trophy in England and in Europe. And for me, last season, they lacked a proper number nine. Yes, Jesus was there. But per adventure, he was not doing what was expected of him. Because he would also sometimes drift, right? Because they're used to playing fourth nines and fourth nines. And fourth nine, when you play with fourth nine, they will always drift. Because they will come back, link up play. And also, they will not be able to have that, this, the, the, the stamina, the speed, to go back again into the number nine position. So what happened for Man City last season? There is no golden boot winner from Man City because they were all doing force nine and people coming out of position and playing and scoring goals from everywhere. They scored a lot of goals. But you can say that one single player in Manchester City last season was among the top goal scorers in England, especially when Son and Salah took the golden boot. Yeah. Those guys are always in the striking position. Those guys are always in the finals, or those guys are always inside the 18-yard box, creating and finishing, because that is what they do. Now, Manchester City have gotten Haaland, whose job is to score goals. Behind him, he has world-class midfielders. That pass from De Bruyne was the best. I can't remember the last time I saw a pass like that. And that guy, he just ran to the ball. He just made his run. He outran the, the, the Western defenders and also had all the time. That's to tell you how quick he, he had is. all the chance. Had all the time to position, to position himself. himself and yeah. then to score. Yeah, that's 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 what's fascinating about the pass because it wasn't just precise. It was it was it was. I mean, it, it, it was it was almost a gift. It, it was a gift. It's, it, it was perfect. It was right in front of him. He moved his body and then granted a pass like 
Dennis Beckham would do. Yeah. Round it into the net with with, oh with decent amount of shot power behind it. It was a beautiful goal, honestly. I mean, I know I had my doubts about him, and the reason why is because I felt um, City players they were used to uh, you know the the first nineteen, even Guardiola. Mm. You know, I, I don't think it worked out well when he had Zlatan at Barcelona. Is no. uh, is this kind of man? He, he doesn't no, want you to be starting. Zlatan does right? not run. Zlatan doesn't run for anyone. You have to put the ball where he is for him to score. Yeah. But these are this reminds us of the Thierry Henry's, you know, the young Thierry Henry that will run. Put the ball, he's going to run to it. And yep. that's what made them to score a lot of goals. Either it's from Robert Perez or Dennis Beckham, he is right there. I mean, he's just there. Henry's a different level, you know. It's so it was it was a different level kind of player. Anyway, uh Commiserations for West Ham. They have to look forward to the next one. Man City was ready for business. I think they don't want to start poor like they did last season. I think uh, maybe it put a strain on their also Champions League pursuit. So starting well puts you on a different level as well. But we'll we'll see. Now let's come back to the to the team we have connection with, and that is Chelsea Football Club against Everton. I'm going to leave you to talk before I do some tactical analysis of Chelsea bringing in one of the things that we are lacking. Meanwhile, before you start, anyone still listening to this, please hit the like button and subscribe so that you'll be the first to get our content when released. Thank you very much. Vic, you've got the floor. Take on. Well, um, it, was a, it was an okay performance. Um, I I believe in the manager. Honestly, I I love Tuchel. Uh, it's probably it's probably one of one of the managers that um, that I've got to. I didn't, you know, I wasn't into Tuchel at first when he when he came, mm-hmm. but um, I've you know uh, got to fall in love with Tuchel. Um, I think maybe the team wasn't ready, like he was saying in the initially during the preseason. Uh, but I must, uh, I must, I must give a shout out to to Thiago Silva. I mean, that man is oh a Rolls Royce of of a defender. For him to be doing what he does now at this age, I mean, it's 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 amazing. I I, I do not know how he does it. You know, every time he's on the field, he wants to give his best. And everyone talks about Van Dyke. Yeah. Me? You gotta give Thiago Silva props. is the best center back in the world. For he's, me. he's he's amazing. He's amazing. And um I, I think we did well. I just think like I was talking about the Bruner, I've I've seen scenarios whereby Kante goes the ball or Jorginho, and you see Timo Werner running through the middle. You see Lukaku raising his hand, pointing for the direction for the pass, and then we we'll do a sideways pass. We're trying to find the right right wing back to then you know dribble, cut back, and then try to cross the ball. The Bruna took the ball and they fling it right hand. That's what I think the midfield is missing. I'm not sure how he's going to resolve that. Maybe the young will happen. We don't know, mm-hmm. but largely. I am disappointed in Kai Havert. I know he's not. Yes, he's not a natural striker, 
we have benefited from uh, from him playing in that position, you know, sometimes, you know, some games. But that game against West Ham, he was missing. He went missing. Um, I think it was a disaster for him overall. Maybe Timo Werner and uh, and Rodiger uh, situation is affecting him somehow. I don't know. I hope not because he's an expensive signing. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he's, he's not going to leave Chelsea with the same value. It's going to be a massive loss. So hopefully he steps up. But I'm hoping in the next game, as crazy as it may sound, I hope we start with Roger against Paul's. We I hope, hope so. Yeah, I, I just think it's more mobile we have than to. Kai Avert on, on the pitch when he came in. And Kukurela. I mean, this guy only had one training session. With we, have to, we have to. But he had a preseason with, 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 with Brighton. It was, it was good. Look at the pass he gave to Sterling. Oh, my word. And that's not... <laughs> I know Chiwa got the penalty for us, but he was kind of clumsy, actually, before he got the penalty, right? Yes. And I think he was exhausted by the time they saw him. I know it's coming from an injury. Back, right? Yeah, but maybe we should just go for Kukulera. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's going to have a lot of time to train this season with the team. So let's go for it. Leave Chiwa out of it. I think Chiwell was scared, or he is scared of Kukurela of joining the team. Ah, okay. No, not get not 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 getting injured of Kukurela joining the team, because he knows what Kukurela brings. He's seen him play. He's played against him, and now this guy is in Chelsea, and because he had a conversation with Tuchel about being ready for that game, it's all of, it's just him trying to prepare himself for the competition. That was why he forced his way into the team for that first game. Because if Alonso was still available, uh, Chile would not be playing that game. Yeah, of course. He, he wouldn't be again. playing that game. Because, but as it is, he had to start the game by talking his way into the game. That conversation is what brought him in. Now, we, we, you, you have mentioned a lot, some of the few things that you know, I, I have in mind you know, with regards to analyzing Chelsea's game, you know, uh, defensively, thanks to Thiago Silva and Koulibaly. Both of them were outstanding. Thiago Silva did, I, I've not seen a defender that reads the game more than he does. I think, I think Kunde, uh, sorry, I said Kunde. Koulibaly would need to learn how to play with cramps he because Thiago Silva, he has he, he's got cramp almost every game. And that man never leaves the pitch. I mean, it's it's amazing how he plays. You have to respect him. Maybe he has a, a banana juice somewhere by know. the side that he, he <laughs> eats and drinks it, you know, during the game. But he was outstanding. I'm going to tell you, without, if not for Thiago Silva, we'll be losing against Everton. Yeah, it was a we'll be game. losing. He intercepted a true ball that was going. He, he intercepted the one-on-one -on -one situation against uh, Gray. And that, that, that performance, he was the man of the match. Yeah, it was. He was the man of the match. That also tells you that we still have a lot of work to do. When our defender, our centre-back is man of the match, not even the wing-back, uh, maybe because of the crosses or whatever, that they are man of the match, but... Our centre-back, being man of the match, means that we have a lot to do. The interception the first half, we, we, um, we stick out a leg. Yeah. And then the he, block. 
in the second half. I mean, you just even Mandy goes, "Oh man, that was good." <laughs> you have to respect the man. You have to respect the man as his teammate. Now, we were on the we were side, just to mention, if you if you watch Tuko several times, it was like this, and it was talking yes, about it was talking yes, to miss yes. mounts and Abra. yeah, you're sleeping. I, mean, I saw him do well, that. Like, why are you sleeping? Get on the game. Yeah, Everton was more fired up. Yeah. Anyway, we 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 have a lot to we have a lot to, to digest in this game. So I'm going to share my screen here of, of what um, you know we um, you know about this particular game of Chelsea against you know um, against Everton here. Okay. Um, so Everton came out. To dismantle us that's that's for sure they, they came out to win this game they came out to win the game they did not come to you know like normally they're, they're not fighting for relegation or anything but they came out to win the game and they fought for it yeah, unfortunately yeah. they got that penalty if not for that penalty it would be a zero zero draw and that is not a good way to start the season no season. matter what no yeah. matter what it's not a good way to start because Liverpool has won, Arsenal has won, uh, City definitely would win. We don't expect them to lose, although it would not be a difficult game for them against West Ham. And then Liverpool tied. We we don't have to do that. I mean, because you can, you will always know what Liverpool will bring to to the league, right? So that that's very certain. But the other cheeky teams, I mean. In quotes, come you know in the in this season or last season or the past five seasons, Arsenal and you know these other guys, Tottenham Hotspur, that have won their games. We we expect to win us. So, and here we have Everton lining up in a three-four-three formation, just like we did, right? And then we came out as well. That's a normal thing, right? We we have you know a three-four-three. As well, Mendy, the back three, the four in the middle, and the three attacking teams or the three attacking. Um. So, looking at this, this is basically what you know, tactically speaking, movement of players in and out, etc., etc. Sterling started in the middle, but Sterling will always drift for you, right? Sterling will always drift. Right. So, and then you look at what we were doing. As you were mentioning, Kai Havertz. Kai here. There's yeah. something that got me worried about Kai. Kai breaks counter attack. If you check, we were we counter attacking. He gets the ball. It slows down. It's not that we're trying to have a delayed tactics here. We need to carry on with the counter. You know, and then do you remember the injury that, you know, the tackle that cost the uh, Everton centre-back, Godfrey? Godfrey to go injured. Can you please go back and think and remember from where Godfrey came from to tackle? There was a back pass to Pickford, yeah. right? The ball holder crossed the line. Which the yeah. nice man didn't see. And he, and he so kicked he it out. He played it in. He went yeah. to Kai. Where was Kai? Kai was around here. 
Kai was around here and Godfrey zoomed from here. Caught up with him. Yeah. Caught up with him. He, he, he was indecisive. Do I shoot? Do I make a pass? And Godfrey tackled him around here. And Godfrey got himself injured. Good for Everton that they did not concede. Bad for them that Godfrey got injured. Well, it's not a bad injury, or- actually. Then that you know, it's it's is much more okay than than when he shared it out. So he should be back soon. Yeah, but but back to Kai. Kai lost the ball from with someone who was like 10, 15 yards away from him and could not even get a pass in, could not even get a shot at him. I'm going to ask you a question, though. Yeah. Why did Sterling play through the middle instead of Kai Harvard? I do not really know. We need to ask TT. We need to ask Thomas about that. Because, I mean, now one thing you have to realize is this. Check the top teams that played with a false nine. Liverpool started their game with a false nine because Firmino is not a, it's not a number nine. I mean, it's not a proper center forward. They struggled until they make the change and brought in a number nine. And they got to go. Manchester City played with a proper number nine, scored two goals. Tottenham Hotspur played with a number nine, got their goals. Arsenal played with a number nine, got their goals. Check the movement of all these players from where they went. Remember the game that we were just talking about yeah. with, with, with Manchester City. De Bruyne picked up the ball from here, played the ball going this way. Haaland was here, ran this way. Two, between up, two defenders. His, between two defenders, opened up his body and shot in here. Here. And that was how he scored. Yeah. Right? What do our players do? Our players do what? Drift. When they drift, what happens? Nothing. We keep roaming the ball here and there, finding who to dribble. Nothing. Just wasting time. Sideway passes from Mr. Jorginho and Kante, you know, trying to find James. James gets the ball here, tries to cut back. No crossing. Mount was asleep. Kai was super asleep. Sterling was doing all the job here, getting I mean, into the box. He was he impressive. Could. Yeah, he was impre- He was the most. I mean, he was the only threat that we could offer in the attack. In the attack. Yeah, he was the only one. Aspi, Silva, Kulibali. Now, one thing we I need you to know is this: you know, we had a lot of possession. But the, the, the problem of having too, many, too much of the possession is this, that your centre-backs push up, right? They push up all the way up here. Gray is just locking around the corner here because definitely James would be around here. Chile would be around here. That creates an amount of space here. Look at Everton's players and their counter-attack. Gray gets the ball, speeds up. Aspie can't catch him. No way. Aspie is old. But guess what? Mr. Silva, he doesn't catch him, but he's reading him. He's reading him, knowing where he's going, 
And guess what? Intercepted that pass that he wanted to play from here this way. Yeah, because that again, like, like, like you know, as a coach, the false rule of the vending is not to get a ball, right? You got to delay, delay, and make sure the, the, the attacker pull the ball where you want it. Right. Absolutely. So you want you, you, you want to tell them where to pull the ball. That's that's why I think Tiago Silver has been has been successful. It's not yes. about how, how how strong you are. It's about how you use your defensive brain. And Absolutely. this man does it game in, game out. He does it. He does it. He does it fantastically well. But my problem again goes back to these area. We only played this guy was not in the game. This guy was not in the game. No impact in that game for me. No way. We're going to X him out. No. <laughs> Sterling was drifting. Sometimes we'll come, we'll make runs here. If you look at Sterling's run, Sterling is not a center forward. So he does not make a proper center forwards run. Right? And also because we don't have midfielders that can find that pass. So number one, we don't have the center forward. So everyone we play to the strength of the front three, and that will be getting the ball, playing short passes, sideways, as you can see the arrows, their movement sideways from here and so on and so forth. At the end of the day, we will get lots of possession, right? Yeah. We'll get lots of possession. Where is our possession? Just around here. Just around here. Sometimes we play it back. Just around here. But there is no one that gets the ball, tries to find a true pass. Why? Number one, because our, number, our, our selling here is not a center forward, so he's not going to make that run. The only time he tried in which he was fouled was when he took on the players, right? And he yeah. ran and he, he and like... They, and they pushed him down. He, he did so. He was brilliant. But we need to play. That was when you mentioned that we need to play Broger. We need to play Broger because he's a proper center forward. Even if you play him the ball, that time which he, in which he came in, you know, I think uh, 20 minutes to the end of the game or 15 minutes, he held the ball, plays it down, makes that run. Now, we need players center forwards that will make the run. Look at Newcastle. We talked about center teams that play with proper number nine. They're always lock around here. They're just like loitering here all the time. They're not in offside positions, but they're always here. If the ball is being played here, they are here waiting for it. They are just like... Diego Costa as an example, back. yeah. Oh, perfectly. Diego Costa does it very well. Besides, after Diego Costa, drug by Diego Costa, we've not had proper number nine. Morata was a fluke. He came, took some money from us. He went on loan. That's it. It's going to trick for Juve again, uh, for, oh, for Atletico, Atletico Madrid. Against That's Juve for, last weekend. That's good for him. That's good for him. <laughs> Good for him. But what did he do for Chelsea? Nothing. Fernando Torres, yes, he was, but it was not the same Fernando Torres of Liverpool. That's we forgive different. him for everything because of that goal against that Barcelona. Absolutely. We, yes, he's a Chelsea legend for that. <laughs> <laughs> but again, back to what I'm trying to say here, right? You get what I'm saying. Of our players, our number nine, making direct runs. We finding midfielders that can play the ball. Unfortunately, we don't have a Jorginho. Jorginho is not consistent. He's not consistent. He plays more sideways passes than he plays forward passes. Okay. But I want to ask you a question. 
Yeah. What is the, what is the main qualities of Jorginho? <laughs> what is that well, thing that Jorginho does best? I think it's just that being able to. I think he he, in terms of possession based football, he is able to play in all those tight spaces. That's what Jorginho can do for you in tight spaces. Jorginho can play in tight spaces, but that's not the only thing midfielders have to do. Midfielders have to find those forward passes, play okay. to the center. But the thing is this, if we have a proper center forward, he has to be obligated or he is out that he must have to find those, prop, those passes because he can find himself in space. The good thing also I like about Jojo is that he finds space to play because he's not the one that is able to play body to body, shove, and all those stuff. But when he finds himself in space, he will get again and play side passes. Okay. So there is no player, in my opinion, like Jojo in Premier League. And no. I'm not saying that because I think he says some high bars, right? I just think Jojo is very. Very is a very basic and simple midfield player. The reason why yeah. I say that is because Rodri, Rodri stays behind. Rodri is not the most elegant player, right? But yeah. it, it does a clean, clean up job. You cannot play Jorginho in that position. No. So, so should we jettison Jorginho, get cover cheat and Kante right in the middle and play a 10? right in front of them and have those two play instead of having Kai Havertz play from the flank, you know, just just put Kai Havertz and Sterling at the top or Sterling and Roger and play Mount behind them. So we can have someone who can at least pass the ball forward, right? So if Mount has to drop deep in between the two of them, get the ball and distribute, let's do that. Instead of throwing Mount away on the flank, Mm-hmm. And winning for ball from Rich James. Yep. I mean, I agree with you. And the reason why is that I think the best formation for Chelsea is a 4 2 3 1 formation. And that is where the number 10 can come in. And that is where also Ruben Loftus cheek can come into central midfield when needed. Because when he came in on Saturday, he came in playing in this position. He came in playing on the right. Yeah. I said right forward. That was where he went. He, he got him. Yeah, actually, naturally, when, he's a when he came midfielder. in, we actually moved James to the left side first. Yeah. Before Kukurela came in and James went back to his position. Yeah. A- exactly. So what, what I'm trying to say here is this. We we have to we have to get in these players in position. We can switch to a back four without a doubt. We can switch to a back four. Okay. Play this formation. Play a proper number nine. Let me move this Everton guys backwards. Play proper number nine. 
play number 10. This can easily work for us. Yeah. I mean, we have missing, we have missing Mount, we have missing Mount and, and uh, Kai have us played in this position. We have the, uh, what's he called? Gallagher. America. Pulisic. Yeah. Gallagher. We, we have players to play in this position. In that position. That's what I'm saying. So we, we, we have three players, players play here. that could actually play that role. So why are we playing Jorginho? Okay, let's assume Jorginho is even a guy if you like... play, Even if you play Jorginho, even if you play Jorginho, play Jorginho as a number eight here and a four, two, three, one here and play, and play Kante here. Get the ball, give to Jorginho. Let's find the number 10s. Let's find the 11s. Let's find the 7s here. Let's get these guys to work. Let's play with a proper number nine. Instead of playing in the four two in the three four three, and all we do is to find uh, wing backs that are going to cross the ball for no centre forward to, to work with, and uh, because there's no centre forward to loitering around in the eighteen yard box, what do we do? We come back again, boom in the middle, boom again in the middle, and then we're just rolling about, rolling here and there in on the field. Doing nothing instead of playing this formation, play the four, two, three, one. All right, so uh, I, I don't think a man just going to change the formation this season, otherwise, we will not be trying to get for final right now and possibly arriving back. My question for you is this let's assume we have a the young who drops out in that midfield. Georgio may have to drop out. The thing is okay. that if you bring it, the thing is this we. Kante is the only number six in that squad. And the job of the number six is stay in front of the, the back Defense, four. Defense, yeah. Defense, yeah, you cover the back four. And he does that very well. But you can see that in the last two seasons or three seasons, Kante's position has done what? Has evolved. That he goes up and down. Get some, some can goals. we not put him back? Put him back yeah. and help Jorginho. Jorginho is the only man who has forced Kante out of his... Even when Matic was there, they didn't force Kante out of his position, right? No. And that, we play... That's, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah. So, again, I understand. Anthony Kante brought in Kante playing this formation, right? Yeah. And he did it very well from his position in that midfield. And it was a successful season. Mm-hmm. So, why are we continuing? Again, that, that's what I asked you at first. What is that thing that Jorginho brings in that no one else can do? I think just being able to play under pressure. Jorginho can play under pressure. He's not a physical player. He's not the he's not the robust type of player. But just that he his ability to play under under pressure and in, in, in tight spaces. That is, that's what Jorginho brings. And because he does that, I mean, maybe managers are carried away because of that. Now, for example, if he played for Man City, because he was about to go to Man City, right? Before, before we signed him, before Sarri brought him in. I believe that he would be playing because Man City play in a 4-3-3 formation, right? So if Jorginho was there, Jorginho will be playing in this number eight here. Okay, because this guy will be here, Rodri will be here, Kevin De Bruyne will be actually on the right here, giving him this number 10 here, 
and Georgian will be here. So the thing is that you have Rodri, who is up and down, clearing every rubbish that comes here, protecting the backboard, do doing that very well. Do you think he will have been successful, given the fact, listen, given the fact that you have Goodwin, who is a much more mobile player than, yeah. than Jorginho, and you also have the weirdest way Pep Guardiola plays, he makes Bernardo Silva drops and do the dead work. It's just that, remember. So again, <laughs> if you, if, although we know Pep wanted him, but yes. comparing him now with Bernardo Silva, with Gudohan, would, would you think do, do you think he would have been starting in the game so city now? Uh, remember, Pep does whatever he likes, right? And he he doesn't care how you feel. He will play whosoever he wants to play and start. And I think that before, I, I can't remember who arrived City and if Georgina arrived Chelsea before Rodri and Bernardo Silva. I, you know, so we can also look at when those players arrive because. When play when you go on the market to buy well, Rodri, like, they got Rodri because they miss out on Jorginho. Exactly. So I he may have had a different way of playing, but I think also that he definitely he needed someone that would replace Yaya Torre in that central midfield that would do that work for him. And that were, and that's what Rodri is doing. Definitely Jorginho will not be able to do that for him. But he would have as well maybe bought him or maybe by now. May have sold Jorginho or maybe bringing a different player. But at the end of the day, the thing is that this number six here in the name of Rodri for Man City, you know, is just covering the back and just doing the job and covering these guys who are not as strong physically as he is, but technic technically better than Rodri. So at the end of the day, you need a, a number six that is able to do the job. And that is why I think. Kante should be brought back in his position. If we're going to play 4-3-3, we can do it by playing Kovacic and Jorginho here and Kante staying here. And Kante will also have less injury because he will not have to travel up and down again as he used to because he does that, goes up attacking, comes back to defend. At the end of the day, he has a lot of wear and tearing on his knees and ligaments and joints and the guy is injured and then he steals after a while and then he comes back. He's not even fully recovered because we desperately need him and then we bring him back. Reason? Because there's no one doing his job. If you put him to just play in that position, that number six role, whether it is in a 4-3-3 formation or in a 4-2-3-1, that will be best for us. But if we continue playing 3-4-3 and with this midfield we have, we're going to have a problem. Final and question without, we, we also, without having a proper number nine starting the games. Final question for you. Yeah. Will you, if you had one chance now to get, um, hypothetically, I know maybe it won't happen. If you've got an option to, to get the young right now mm -hmm. or get a striker. Let's say we're talking about Aubameyang or Ronaldo. Again, hypothetically, I'm not, I'm not saying those would happen. Yeah. But if you had a chance to choose one of those two players, Aubameyang or Ronaldo, or get a young, which area will you address in the team right now? I will address this area, the number nine here. So you will sign Aubameyang instead of the young? I don't know if it will be Aubameyang reason because of age 
and the pace of the Premier League and trying to find players that can put that ball in because we need That's to That's what I'm saying. So even we if we play so Broja... If, if you get Broja... It will Broja suffer still. Young. It will yeah, suffer. Broja is, young. Broja is young. And we... I think what Tuchel have to do is to... is to put this guy to do what? To... To put the ball, you have to instruct them. You guys have to put the ball for these guys. You guys have to, you guys have to put the ball for the center forward. It has to be an instruction from the coach, and they have to play the ball. It's not every time you play wayward passes, sideways, 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 sideways. You know, the sideways passes, it's killing. It's not getting anything for the team. So why don't you play? Let the center forward do the running. That's what Haaland did, 22 years old. You have to do the running. That is what um, Jesus will do for Arsenal when he gets into that position. And if we play Broja as a number nine, Broja is young, wants to prove himself, he would do that. That's what New Year's is going to do for Liverpool. Because he will not be, he, it, will not, it will not be only always sideways, 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 sideways. You have to put the ball in a position where these guys, the number nine, will be able to run to it let him run place the ball in this area of the field around here where's my where's my laser please place the ball on 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 the part of the field where it's not that it's already inside the 18 yard box where the defense where the goalkeeper will come and gather but where it will be it will be for for what, what's he called today the the center forward and the foot and the center backs to do what to come and uh, fight for the ball. Put the ball here. Put the ball around here. If you play in the forward pass for number nine, put it around here. That's where the center backs are. They are coming out trying to push up. You put that pass from De Bruno from here all the way here. And then he took a touch into the, because he already outrun Zuma and uh, the other center back. So Broger can do that for us. But yeah, but that... again, I, I I don't think, because as much as we analyze this, Virginia for me is still that weak link. The reason why I said that, because Kante is not a guy that would dish passes, right? He's, yeah. he's meant he to do... Recovery. Yeah, he's meant to do the exact same job that you is doing, right? It's just a guy that runs around and covers the space of two people. Now, Virginia for me, Every time it pushes forward, there's no end product. So even though the juniors ahead right there and pushing shoot. on, yeah, that I mean there's nothing. There's no you know long passing. There is no direct play, true ball. There is no shot from the middle field. All it does is come in and play penalty and score, right? And it does that last season consistently. <laughs> so in my opinion, I think if you put Kante with Kovacic right there in the midfield. Kovacic does that. He can play the ball. He did it for Lukaku last season. He can do it consistently. He can fire from outside of the bus. There's a chance yeah, you can get... We have... Honestly. Hold on. We, we, we've got midfielders that can now score goals. There's, it's on, it will be strange to see Jorginho score a goal from the midfield. Ro, Rodri does score, right? Rodri can score a goal. Even Fred can score a goal, right? But it will be weird to see Jorginho actually score a goal you know, doing open play. So, yes. it, we, so that, that's actually limiting the team as well. So we do not have a guy who can either get an assist 
we're gonna go. We just have a team to keep Decorum in the midfield whenever we're under pressure, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think that's enough for him to be in the start lineup. I think with Kovacic and Kante, they've got enough legs to yeah. cover mm -hmm. the 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 left wing back and the right wing back. So there's a problem. You know, you know our problem that. is that we, we the problem with the Chelsea Mitch is that they have players, our midfielders are all of similar attributes. All of them. All of them. There's no single central midfielder in Chelsea, whether it's Gallagher, whether it's Jorginho, whether it's Kante, whether it's Kovacic, even with um uh what's he called? Uh Ruben Loftus Chick. All of them got the same similar attributes. And the and there's one thing that they lack. That thing is playing that pass from here forward. All of them. Kovacic will dribble because he can handle the ball properly. He will dribble himself out of trouble here and he will carry the ball. But Kovacic will not get the ball and play that 10-yard, 50, 25-yard pass like like a, um, De Bruyne did, like Thiago will do for, for, for Liverpool. You know, like uh, the midfielders in Arsenal that would they, they can even do it. Like um, if you play Ericsson in, in my United Central midfield, he would do it. The same thing in live in, in Tottenham. So we don't have that that player. Any of all of these play, all of these midfielders don't have that quality, that attribute to play that twenty-five year, thirty year pass like Fabregas would do. Compared to all the other guys in the in the Premier League top four, so we may have to sacrifice one of them and bring in a a, a you know if we're going to play with Rogers, sacrifice one of them and bring in and bring in um, the young. That's pretty much what could happen. I hope because that happens. If not, because if not, we'll be doing all these sideways passes here and there. Yeah, I mean, it's and, okay and, to, to have possession, but again, what do you do with it? And again, that is why in that possession, remember, there's something that happens when you have a lot of possession. The more possession you have, the longer you're on the ball, your team is out of position defensively. And you are easily caught up in counter-attacks because that is why our centre-backs, we are suffering from cramps because we lose the ball without any end product in the final third. And everything gets the ball, boom, they launch it out to the wide area. And the speed to recover. And yeah. the this, this speed because these guys are young. Our centre-backs, Ashi, yeah. Kulibali. They're like 100 years old if you have yeah, the age together. Combine, <laughs> combine three of them. Like, come on now. So... That, that we, we will see. I mean, I, I don't know, but I think we need a tweak in our formation to, to, to be able to, you know... To get a team up and running. Yeah. Yes. Full we speed. have to. We have to, if not. Anyway, just to conclude, right? Um, we're done talking Chelsea and analyzing Chelsea. Next week, what we'll be doing is we'll pick up one important game and we analyze. Next okay. week, we'll be, we'll be Tottenham. We're playing Tottenham at home at the bridge. So we see how that goes. So back again to, you know, predictions for next week. What do you think? Oh, I mean, next, next week, it's, um, I believe the first game is against, uh, is Aston Villa with everything. 
I yep. think I think Villa played really bad um, against Bournemouth. Now I remember I told Bournemouth was gonna go down. I don't know now. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I think more more was this you know um, central physical like physical figure for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it allowed them to you know kind of contain the defense line of. Of Aston Villa, yeah. Um, against Everton, which well, I don't think they will have a natural striker mm-hmm. on the game day. Um, it might be a a tough game, but let's just call it a draw. It's it's difficult to predict games now at the beginning of the season because we haven't seen what pattern this team is playing. You know what mm-hmm. idea they have, but yeah, I think if Everton gets a draw for them, the second game of the season away from home, I think it might be a a good result. I think Everton might win. Without a striker? They almost did it against us besides uh, because we had Thiago Silva. I mean, Aston Villa has a good attacking lineup. They do. They, 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 I mean, it's going to be an interesting game because it I should think be. the, the two sides will play similar type of football. football and, yeah. And, 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 uh, it will be and much Lampard. more open football game. Yeah. It, it will, will be, be an open football. So yeah. it might, if it, if it ends in a tie, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Arsenal, Leicester. Leicester City, don't you see them? They were ahead against Brentford. Yeah. But I don't see them beating Arsenal. Let's see if they get to keep Fafana and Madison by Saturday. If they do, why not? I think they will keep them. I think See, they will keep them. If they lose them, because they, they've got three players in their lineup, Tillemans, Madison, and Fofana, who are, you know, we, we, we got news about them leaving every, every day. If they, re, if they retain them for that game, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Leicester wins the game. I would not be surprised. Again, it's about professionalism. Right, and, and and we know Bernard Rogers is um is a decent manager, much more experienced than Ateta, uh, mm-hmm. but Ateta is building something. Building. That, those guys are. Yeah, now it might not work out all the time. They might they might fumble in the game or collapse, but I think mm-hmm. Leicester has what it takes to get something out of the game. So yeah. I would not. I know it's easier to say Arsenal get the win. They're playing at home. I don't think so. It's well, just my opinion. So. Yeah. You think Leicester will get it? I think Leicester might sneak and win surprisingly. Yes. If they okay. keep if they keep those three guys we're talking about. I'll give it to Arsenal. Brighton, Newcastle. That's a tough one, right? It's going to be an open game. Yeah, it's a tough one. Same the way Brighton plays against, I mean, everyone, you fans and everyone to beat United, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anything, I think Brighton will be playing possession-based football and Newcastle will be counter-attacking. Yeah, and Wilson is um, it's a dangerous player. Yes. Um, but I'll give it to Brighton. I think Brighton will take a win. Three points. Okay. I don't know about that. But maybe my... You might make up your mind on the... Who wants to see the lineup? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I don't know. I think Newcastle will get points from that game. I think they will. I will see. City Bournemouth, it's not a brain. It's, it's a no-brainer. Uh, City will get it. 
Southampton Leeds? Well, if you watch the game, uh, Leeds Wolves, Aaron Sane, we said we said in last episode that uh, they are cooking something. Yeah. And and the manager was already planning to get those six players in because he knew he was going to get over 120 million to to go into the market. And I think they are working well. If you see the way they came back, I think for me, Southampton is not is not a team that is ready yet. And mm-hmm. let you take the three point. We don't know what's going to happen. Southampton might have us in the by then. We don't know. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think Leeds should get a win. Is Odoi going on loan, though? As far as we know, there are about, about 15 teams interested. He's trying to assess his options. It could be permanent more. Well, oh. It could well, be. Yeah. I know. I have mixed reactions about Odoi, just that he has not believed. He's not consistent. Anyway, that's a topic for another day. So Leeds will get the three points for you. I think this may be a tie. I think so. Because that there's no one in Southampton that you can lay hands on and say that he's going to be this. Who are you afraid of? You you're afraid of uh, the the hamstrings or Aribo? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they, they've got a long <laughs> way to go to bully a defense. Look at the <laughs> own goal by Salisu. What a what a disaster. It was, it was, it was a disastrous own goal. But anyway. Wolves Fulham. Well, Fulham today they lost Cody. Cody is Wolf. now yes. Uh Cody is now an Everton player. Kind of Cody joint, yes. That's what I'm saying. Uh Everton wow. might, might get a draw. So kind of oh, Cody is now an Everton player. A John and loan with an option to buy. I think hmm. Liverpool, I think. Everton did that because of the financial play, because they are in some in some debt right now. I think it's it's probably a sale for Wolves on on the book. Yeah, uh, maybe it's more like an obligation to buy instead of an option to buy. So kind of Cody coming in, I think it's it's much more balanced. But but Wolves signed Gonzalo Guedes, uh, this guy from from La Liga, who's a Portuguese player as well. It's mm-hmm. similar to Neto. It's the same vibe they enjoy with Jota back then. So maybe they're trying to do the same thing again. Yes, it was good. was brilliant against Leeds, man. Yeah, but at defense, Kilman is probably the most highly rated defender right now. With what I, their performance against Leeds, if Mitrovic brought the same mindset and energy, they might, they might get a draw out of the game. I will see. So for you? It's a draw. Okay. I think so too. It might be a draw. Brentford United. No, I don't know. I mean, Brentford just has what United doesn't have right now, which is that energy yes. to go from minute one to 90 minutes. Yes. My United, their head. Championship yeah. energy. My United, their head, their head seems to be everywhere, right? Everything, there's no end product. They're making silly mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, again, we don't know. If they lose this game, Against Brentford, I expect them to win. If they lose it, Liverpool will massacre them. <laughs> There's no way they will survive Liverpool. Because I will say, the moral is down. Right? I mean, yeah. if, if, if the moral is down, what can you do against Liverpool? It'll be, mm-hmm. a, it'll be an assault against Liverpool. Yeah. Okay, so Brentford gets it. No, I think Manchester United should 
being in the better position to win the game. I hope they win. I, I think it's a win is the best thing for them. Yeah, I think Ronaldo may have, will have to start. We'll start the game, yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Nottingham West Ham. West Ham gets this. I don't know. I think Lingard would bring showmanship. Lingardino. <laughs> Lingardino. <laughs> Lord, Lord Lingard would try to show himself. The reason why I picked Forrest over West Ham. He wants, he wants to go <laughs> to the World Cup, too. So let's see about that. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Chelsea Spurs. Oof. I think Spurs would just feature and Chelsea. That will count. I'm that. not sure how fitness level will be on Sunday. We've got a lot of time. Maybe we might sign a player before then. We'll see. But I think I think we should get a win. It, it, it might sound biased because I'm a Chelsea fan, but I expect Chelsea to win again. I do. Yeah. I don't I don't care what it do. I don't care I don't if they have care, to walk. Man. Just get a win. <laughs> you have to get a win. This is pause we're talking about here. So I'm going for a Chelsea win, both as a Chelsea fan and both as a Chelsea everything. So <laughs> I'm going for a Chelsea win. I'm not like oh, I don't I care what you do. No, no I better remove Kane from my EPL for, for my FPL. So I don't care yeah. about Kane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Liverpool Palace on Monday. Palace were just dreadful in the final third, and they look a bit shaky in the back as well. Yes, they were. They yeah. Were shaky. yeah. So I'm I'm not sure if Gay will be half to read against. Nunes, who I think will start the game, by the way, mm-hmm. on a Monday night, he will. He's got enough time to be ready. So, yeah. Klopp will start him. I think Liverpool will win. Yeah, definitely. So, Liverpool will win. Yeah. There was an outstanding player from, from Crystal Palace that I really liked, uh, Anderson. He was, I was watching, you know, after the game, I watched the highlights that followed when he was being analysed. He he was playing this 50-yard, 60-yard passes. And I they think he was on loan at Fulham last season, right? No, the season no, he, before. No, the season before. And then Christopher signed him. Yeah. He was brilliant in passing the ball, long-range passes, 50-60 yards. All his 50-60 yard passes were spot on. They yeah. were accurate. He's so, a, a anyway, decent player. He is. Let's see what will happen against Liverpool. Definitely, it will be a Liverpool win. Anyway, I think uh, we'll, not, we'll, not, we'll talk about the transfer market. Uh, you know, I mean, it's still wide open, so we can talk about it later. Uh, but uh, for now, um, I want to say a very, very big thank you, brother, for, yeah. for the time that you have, uh, you know, set aside to be with us today. And uh, it's an uh, exciting you know, weekend of football. And for all our viewers, fans, friends, and families watching, don't forget to hit that like button. Once you hit the like button, the work we are trying to do here will get as far as it can to those who are unreachable. Remember, we try to do this in a different way. Talk about it, analyze it. You see what we're trying to do, how the teams perform. We talk about a team, the tactical analysis of the team, et cetera, et cetera, and what the teams need to improve as we did with Chelsea. And as I said earlier on, every week we'll be doing a tactical, visual, tactical analysis of a specific, uh, an important game of that weekend, like next weekend will be Chelsea sports. So the week that's 
the, 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 the recording or the podcast that follows after that, we'll, we'll talk about Chelsea and we'll show you what they did well, what was did well, and um, what needs to be done to improve the team. Basically, focusing on Chelsea. That's the team I care for. <laughs> oh, just, just before we go on to mention, um, Timo Werner is moving to Leipzig. He's early in Germany. Yeah. Wow. It will be a permanent deal. Uh, there, should, there should be a confirmation within the next 48 hours. It's, it's going to be about 18 million pounds. So it's a lot uh, loss for Chelsea. Uh, Malansa to Monaco. It was a free transfer for us. And uh, he should be joining them on loan with an obligation to buy. Okay. Hmm. So he's gone. Uh, the other big news is Arsenal Doyle who have requested to leave Alonso. Uh, the dish will wrap up about eight million pounds. So we've, we've got a lot of outgoings right now. There, there are decisions being made on incoming transfers, but we'll see as the week progresses. Wow, thank you very much for that uh, transfer update on Chelsea. And uh, we have a lot of players to let go, honestly. Yeah, and I think that will also help the manager to figure out what he can do with the team he with has. The team he, has he has a lot of players, Correct. you know, especially those coming back from on loan. And those who we believe should be given time to, yeah, to play football for Chelsea, you know, like the Gallaghers, like Broger, you know, those guys have proved themselves on loan. So let's see what they can bring in, you know. Anyway, guys, thank you very much again. It's an absolute pleasure to bring to you the Global Premier Football Show with my friend and brother, all the way from Guadalajara, Mexico. Thank you so much again. And uh, thank you for your time, friends. It was a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, we'll be back next week. Enjoy the rest of your week and what Chelsea plays for us. And go and support Chelsea. Come on, Chelsea. Thanks, man. Goodbye.